Hey guys, it's me, Georgia, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen. This podcast is about all things food plant based food, non plant based food, and everything in between. This podcast aims to discover people's food journeys and stories. Because whether you are a professional in sport, work in beauty, or the food industry itself, everyone's got a story to tell. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share and subscribe. I hope you're hungry, as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week, I'm joined by Jojo from Nomad Cooks. Nomad Cooks is a private chefing platform which connects consumers to amazing private chefs at restaurant prices. Nomad Cooks came about during Jojo's time out in Portugal working as a chef. From being in Portugal and reading a book about Uber and Deliveroo, which then got Jojo thinking about the world of private chefing, to four years down the line where Nomad Cooks is catering for people all around London and even abroad. A lot has happened over these four years and I'm really excited to speak to Jojo about the journey. So without further ado, let's jump straight in. Sat here with Jojo and I'm really excited to talk all things Nomad Cook. So before we start, do you mind giving us like a 30 second elevator pitch on like who you are and what you do? Hey, thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Jojo, I run Nomad Cooks. We are a chef hire platform. Uh, so you can find a chef on our website, book them, they'll come to your house with the ingredients, cook, serve and do all the washing up. That just sounds heavenly. When you put it like that, it's like, wow, that is great. Um, there's a bit of a tradition on the podcast that we ask a few quick fire questions all about food. So before we get into it, yeah. sweet or savory? <laughs> sweet. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Juicy burger. Ice cream or sorbet? Sorbet. Crisps or popcorn? Crisps. Cook in or eat out? Ooh, tough one for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cook in. And what's your favourite delivery? Favourite delivery, Franco Manco. Oh, good one. Uh, yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. No one said that on here yet. So to start off with, do you mind kind of sharing how it all started? I mean, I have um, I have done a bit of research, so I know roughly how it all started, but I really love the story about you being away and kind of having this moment where you're like, something needs to change in the industry. So mm-hmm. can you talk about it from your point of view like, and why you decided, decided to start Nomad Cooks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was, I was, uh, I've always been like loved cooking. I've been cooking for the last six, six, six to eight years probably. Um, and I did a job when I was in second year at university in Portugal. So I was cooking for like rich people's houses in the Algarve. So Peter Crouch was a customer, which was pretty funny. And it was basically, we would, it's a group of like eight chefs in this one big villa in Quinta de Lago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would go and be booked for cooking at like these gigs in people's houses, so like a barbecue or like a, like a dinner party. And we'd go off and we would kind of like buy the ingredients, get there, cook. Um, and it was cool. Like the, the experience in the house for the customer was, was good. Like they had a, they had like a nice time not worrying about any of the like dishes or whatever. Um, but there's a few problems with it. So the 
as a chef, like it wasn't me choosing the dishes to serve the customer. It was just the customer like picking stuff off for like a central central menu. Um, and then <clears throat> that was the pay issue as well. So like I was getting paid like ten pounds a day, pretty much. Wow. Um, and the customers were obviously paying like Peter Crouch was paying like a lot. And mm. It was just this agency middleman kind of taking all the profit in the middle. Okay. Um, and I was that. I mean, like it was a pretty sweet gig. Like I was yeah. like in the days I was like lying by the pool, like reading a book. One of the books I was reading was like the upstarts, like the rise of Uber and Airbnb. I think it was. Mm. Uh, and that's like a point they're making is like the use of technology to leverage marketplaces to allow like better interactions between like uh, like peer to peer interactions. Um, so I was lying there in the sun reading this book, thinking actually like could chefs apply to this as well? Like could Peter Crouch, let's say, book me, find me online, pay less money, um, and choose like a better menu of like something which I love cooking? Could it be like easier and just basically call out the middleman? And then actually I was thinking like the pricing actually wouldn't be Peter Crouch cooking me because I wouldn't need to charge that much money. So it could actually be like anyone booking me for it mm. um anyone like with who could pay the same amount going out to a restaurant like 30 quid ahead um <clears throat> so that's kind of where the the idea generated from and uh since then it's been it's been that was about four years ago so it's been quite a long time since then um and we've been through like a series of of like website building we did a fundraise we had covid um so yeah it's been a long yeah a bit of a tricky time since then so I mean yeah it does sound pretty sweet like the surface level that you're obviously in Portugal lying by the pool cooking for some like cool celebrities that sounds great but then obviously you're paying getting paid 10 pound a day cooking things you might not really like and obviously you're like there's a lot of money around here somewhere but we're not getting it so I guess yeah there was definitely room for improvement so yeah, I'd also add that when when I was working, it's actually fucking hard work. So mm. like the and like that's that's sometimes like you'd have a week of a booking and you'd be up at like seven and you're cooking till like ten p.m. and, so it's, what, and still getting paid ten pounds a day. Like it and that and you rely on tips or whatever. And God. I mean that's the same in the industry throughout with restaurants. So, so. obviously you'd be like right, you get a you've got a job. They tell you you know you're you're mm. cooking for Peter Crouch, you're cooking X Y Z. You'd then go off, buy the ingredients, prepare mm-hmm. and go, and you'd get £10 a day. Yeah, well, it was, I mean, we had our accommodation of food provided for, so yeah. it was kind of lumped into this one thing. But oh. I mean, the essence of it is that we weren't really getting paid that no. much for the tough job. So then, obviously, you had this kind of idea. How did you then go about putting that into practice? Yeah, um, so uh was, like, the wanted to test it as small scale as possible so we had um it's actually just me at the start i had a, a pdf menu of uh like just some dishes i like cooking i went around to my family members going like look would you organize a dinner party and see if you could like pay this amount of money and book me and like choose off my menu uh, and i'll come and cook in your house and because the key thing is i want to test if it would happen in london as mm. well as abroad and, okay like, people yeah. actually have that same experience in london um so yeah, I did did like saw a different side of my brothers having going over there, going yeah, house and like cooking for them and their mates because like that's the beauty of it, right? Mm. You're not as a host, you can just chill out and like chat with your friends and like relax. Um, uh, so I was going around to like my uncle and did it at his house and like 
it's obviously pretty weird because you're you are in the like part of it is you're like having a chef in your house so yeah i was in the kitchen just kind of watching my family or family members like enjoy whilst all that yeah cooking um but it worked like i got feedback from everyone afterwards and there's like a positive reaction to it. same thing important that i saw in portugal was like that feeling of like wow this is so nice having having someone cook for me in, in the house and uh, i guess one of your kind of selling points that you have is that it's like restaurant pricing and i guess that's really appealing for people because normally when you think of private chefing you think of like really expensive and kind of like mm. a real experience but i'm guessing you're trying mm. to create just rather than going out for dinner get all your friends over and we'll come cook for you type thing so mm. is that what would the initial reaction of people were they liking that kind of making it more normal to have like a private chef were they quite liking that style yeah yeah i mean it's it's a chef. i kind of hate the word private chef i think yeah. it's got such a nasty ring to it yeah. um and like doing research before starting out like you look online and look at private chef websites it's like really stuffy like black backgrounds and like scrawny text and, mm. and like prices of like a hundred quid a head and what basically the approach we did like the first chefs who got on the platform were sort of my friends like chefs who were young like recently graduated from cookery school like knew how to do it well like wanted to test their creativity didn't want to join as a like bottom of the rank so like uh, like i don't know like pot washer at a restaurant mm. um and and, and would charge less money so would charge like often like sometimes 25 pounds like i think the average on the platform at the moment is like 35 pounds for free courses that's um, amazing so it's like it's 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 like still i'm not not saying it's not a lot of money but it is yeah. it is accessible if you're going out to restaurants and you don't buy your own wine um, oh yeah so it is, and you can buy your own wine yeah. so it is uh so i guess not only are you creating a new idea of like you're creating an app where people can or a website where people can kind of pick their chefs, pick their menu, blah, blah, blah. You're also kind of changing the stigma around private chefing. So there's kind of like two sides to mm. to nomad cooks because you're mm. making it more kind of normal and real to kind of have a private chef, mm. inverted commas, to come to your house, kind of like cook for you. So yeah, I guess that's really, there's like kind of two sides to it. Yeah. And when, so obviously you started, you tested it with your family, it worked. Then mm-hmm. what were your next steps from there? Um, so I was still at uni. Uh, and I didn't want to make the decision to drop out and like follow this follow this idea. So I had another year, um, and so I basically that summer was like did it like a proper test. So made a website on Wix, um, recruited like I think it was like fifteen chefs, like some online as well. Like got referrals in as well, um, and like I think the first channel we used was Facebook groups. So we thought our target market is uh, young mums who are really busy um there's like a high household income like southwest london um and they just want to chill out with their friends mm. so we found i'm now a member of over 200 mums facebook groups in london wow <laughs> that's so good um and we i found all these groups just posted like, like one of these chefs we've vetted them all they can come to your house and cook for you and your friends for like 30 pounds a head um and we got loads of bookings from it so we got like a lot of people inquiring a lot of interest um and that two months three months over the summer was like okay this is what I want to do like, yeah this is I think this is going to work um so then did my final year at uni and and then uh, got into this accelerator in my last year so when I finished I had something to kind of like ground me a little bit mm-hmm. um and 
uh, at that stage also brought on a co-founder um, so my co-founder Ben uh, and we built the website together so like a more a website basically where the big step would be chefs can put in when they're free so if when you're coming you can see exactly who's free for the day you want Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's really good. Which is like a big step for us. Which is... Yeah. There's two really good things there. Firstly, you found your market so quickly, or like mm-hmm. you knew exactly who you were targeting and went straight in, and then you found your customers. So that's really, really great. I guess that kind of just shows the value of like really knowing who your customer is. Mm-hmm. And also, another thing I wanted to mention is how did you find your co founder and how was that experience? Like, did you always know you wanted to do it with someone, or did it just happen organically? Uh, yeah, so it's it's um, the 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 funny thing about this is that it's actually not an old, not a new idea, really. It's it's actually there's been people trying it before. There's uh, there's it, it's like having like a, a marketplace for chefs. It's kind of an, an old idea in a way. Um, it's actually the technical challenge of trying to make it happen, uh, which is ex- executed well. Like it could actually be big. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that there was a technical element to it. So I knew I needed like a, a CTO to uh, help me out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, was basically going to these like events in Durham where I would uh, like meet people from um, the computer science department. Um, and Ben was there and like kind of straight away knew that he was he was like a good guy and knew that he was like run the same wavelength mm-hmm. um and we chatted more we he did like some contract stuff and then eventually it was like okay let's let's do this okay that makes so much sense and i guess everyone always says find someone who can do it like better than you so i guess you kind of knew right i'm not mm. going to do the tech side i need someone to do the tech for me and then you mm. found that person who could run with that so that yeah that makes a lot of sense so you then built the website, and then how many? So this is like what a year, two years into the initial idea. Yeah, this is about two years in. Okay, and then when did the pandemic kind of come in? Because I'm really interested about how the <laughs> pandemic affected this, because I feel like there were pros and cons. So yeah. can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, kind of harrowing looking back. At it. <laughs> oh god. Um, so it. Uh, it was it came in just as I graduated from uni uh, and basically just as I was making this big step to to like ditch the graduate schemes and, and go for this it was like no one could see each other which is a nightmare for an events business um, but it did give us time to work on the website it gave us time to kind of uh, like take things a bit more slowly and also for me as like a first time entrepreneur it, it gave me time to learn um so I had this NEF course which would, would recommend it's basically like a skills accelerator mm. um and uh it was kind of like going back to uni and, and kind of learning how the different steps of starting a company like you need to go through um so that was <clears throat> that actually was a bit of a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. uh, for me and like for skills but for business, it was, uh, yeah, a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I bet you were itching to kind of just get started. Like, you'd yeah. already had to go back and finish your final year and, like, do yeah. that and, like, put it on hold. And now you're ready to go and you're on, you've got to wait again. So I guess it is frustrating, but maybe, yeah, it is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. So then, why I say there must be pros, because obviously when there was a time when everyone was allowed to meet outside mm. and no one could go to restaurants apart from outside, mm. I feel like there was a real like time for you guys then to really mm. get in and make the most of people not being able to go to restaurants and did you see that on the platform like did that happen yeah that was that was a that was a like a that was a good opportunity um it was 
I mean, it was so painful because it was going up and down. So, like, we'd have the summer, then it was like, oh, only, like, six people together. We're like, mm-hmm. oh. And then there was, like, a slight moral conflict as well of, like, do we actually want to be pushing events? Um, yeah. uh, and what we ended up doing was just trying out different stuff, which might work during the pandemic. So we did, like, a Zoom cookery classes. Um, so mm-hmm. we got our chefs, who actually were also really having, like, a hard time. So they weren't mm-hmm. making any cash. And we gave them the chance to do cookery lessons over Zoom uh, with like a similar kind of client base, um, and it was cool. Like we did, we did quite a few, and they made some money. We made a bit of money and like tested stuff out. We did delivery meals, which didn't go quite as well. <laughs> um, we were having like oven ready like meals from okay. chefs, uh, so that you don't need to cook at home. Um, and. I just have memories of like I got like two speeding tickets. Like, no, got like uh, I had to deliver around Southwest London in three hours. Like Southwest London is actually much bigger really than you big. think. Yeah, yeah, much bigger than you think. Um, and just like there's one moment of like picked up all this. Uh, I think one of the, the days the menu was like brownies and um, like creme fraiche. Okay. And all these little pots of creme fraiche in the back of my my car and driving down. Uh, this street big speed bump I didn't see oh no I just looked in the back <laughs> and my friend was helping me out as so I was sitting like back left seat like holding it all down just zoomed over this speed bump and it just flew in the air like she was covered in like creme fraiche the car was covered in creme fraiche all these re- meals were like semi ruined I was oh, just thinking like this is just God. what am I doing <laughs> that, there are moments like that I mean what I had a similar situation when I started delivering greedy vegan boxes mm. I was just covering the southwest London area, and similar to you, I kind of thought that's all right, I could do that. Yeah, it's big, and it's it? it's big, <laughs> and I just remember also getting so many fines, and it actually worked out more expensive for me delivering it myself than it would be if I hired someone to do it for me because yeah. I just ended up like <laughs> being in the wrong place at the wrong time all the time, and I was like, oh okay, like yeah. we really try and do it like you know the, the best way possible we end up just getting fined yeah. but um that is really <laughs> tough so was that the only kind of reason why the delivery to home didn't work as well because of, like logistic like logistically was there much was there good feedback in terms of like the product and stuff like that yeah I mean it was it was good um it was just operationally a bit of a nightmare yeah uh, so like delivering it and then you have to get the like food needs to be like rightly packaged then the if the chef's cooking at home like the kitchen's got to be certified mm-hmm. and then and like actually the economically it didn't really add up like the margins weren't weren't actually good enough um, yeah so we kind of as soon as that time you talked about earlier when like things started opening up a little bit we were getting requests from previous clients about like oh can we book this like a chef review but like actually maybe it's time just to yeah, just to go back yeah. yeah go back I guess and move forward there was times where you could do things for families if there were family occasions like mm. but I guess the guidelines were changing all the time so that must have yeah. just been so difficult yeah I mean it was it was it was really shit yeah I can imagine <laughs> so then finally the pandemic kind of mm-hmm. left us well still kind of here but yeah it kind of left us so then was it kind of picking up for you and were you then like okay I can now see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's starting to kind of pick up yeah I mean that was great as well like it was just such a good time for us yeah Um, so we we were at that stage I was really kind of running out of money I was living with my parents and like gosh actually just like this needs something needs to happen Mm -hmm. and we weren't at the stage we're making enough money to cover our salaries um so we're like okay we 
are going to try and grow as much until the end of the year and we're going to try and raise a pre-seed round um, so that we can like really build out the website and like properly market to to people mm-hmm. um, so like the I think it was the end of August to the end of the year um, we really pushed sales and then we I was going out there to investors like looking for looking for money basically mm. um, and how was your morale at that kind of when you're like living with your parents you're really like desperate for this kind of like break how did you keep motivated yeah I I don't I don't good question um, I don't I don't really know I guess I I kind of uh, innately just really believed it it could work yeah um, and was, was kind of just I like seeing the getting customer feedback and they like loved it getting feedback from chefs saying like thank you so much like for this opportunity da, da, da. like that is that's really motivating mm. um and also like it, it's quite fun to do as well like yeah. i was i was having a pretty good time as well like, okay yeah was so when you work, was working was, when you was, were uh, working it was it yeah. was good and did you ever find that you had to kind of keep up the morale with the chefs as well were you kind of like guys don't worry like it's gonna did you kind of feel like you were kind of like the engine behind like all of them or, mm. or, or did you find that they, they were all kind of keeping quite strong um they i mean credit to them they all like massive creativity to try and find out different like ways of making money i think there was all sorts of delivery models going around there's all sorts of zoom cookie classes um uh even like a lot of charity work as well so like a lot of cooking meals for nhs uh workers mm. which was, was lovely um but yeah i mean it was it was a, tr- it was a tricky time yeah no for sure mm. and so now everything is kind of like back to normal what are the challenges that kind of exist now with with obviously running every business as challenges so like what mm-hmm. are the challenges for for nomad cooks yeah it's it's um it's become a a marketing challenge for us so like it, we we know the product works well and we know that when someone books they have like a brilliant time mm. and they have that same experience that I saw in Portugal that I then saw in London afterwards and like it, it, it is working that the chefs we're hiring do kind of recreate this um it's just trying to trying to now like get the word out yeah. so it's because it's this piece where it's like private chef stuffy term mm-hmm. uh like people don't really realize it um it's like educating people that actually it is possible to have a chef in your house and it's not going to break the bank um mm. and and we're just trying all sorts of ways to try and kind of let that message come across mm. um uh, yeah and that's the that's the challenge yeah no, I think loads of people listening, whatever company they're working for, probably can resonate with a lot of that. Yeah. And what do you find um, are the events that you end up being involved in? Like, do you find it's just like a nice dinner party? Do you find them more like birthdays? Do you find them more like celebrations of some sort? Like, what kind mm. of events do you find that it ticks the boxes for? Yeah, so we um, we have a lot of birthdays. So a lot of kind of 40th birthdays, 50th birthdays. Mm-hmm. We have... A lot of Hindus. Oh, cool! Actually, yeah, yeah, a lot of Hindus. Um, that must be quite fun to work in, like that yeah. environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it's, we had some funny stories. Um, a lot of versus of Hindus. A lot of kind of like the the one we're really trying to push is just this like relaxed supper with friends. Um, mm. It's like just like seeing your friends. It's been a busy week. Let's just like get a chef round and um, and like just talk to each other like without yeah. all the stress of going out to a restaurant and all that. Yeah, that's how I see it. Like when I mm. see nomad cooks and how I would use it, that is literally what I would want. Like on mm. a Friday evening, you've had a busy week, mm. you're like, let's get some friends over. And I think it's just such a nice environment. Like I obviously love going out for dinner, but for me, being in your own space and like mm. creating your own atmosphere and having someone cook 
view and like that environment and atmosphere is just so nice so like yeah. yeah that's kind of how I would how I would use it so we've mentioned the challenges and when you think back so far what can you say would be like a biggest high that kind of stands out for you to date obviously it's still very early days mm. yeah it's, uh, it's a good question I, I think that I think the, uh, the raising raising fundraising it's quite like a cliche answer but it was just that external approval of like what you're doing isn't crazy yeah. <laughs> like it's like it, it's it's uh it has merit to it and it isn't you're not you haven't been going mad the last two years yeah that's um, so true and having someone like actually back back you with with their money um is is like a big a big uh, confidence booster mm, for sure i guess when mm. you have an idea in your head and believe in it it's so nice that someone also believes in that too it shows mm. you're not going crazy or like yeah. you're not saying something that no one else is saying yeah. so yeah that's so good and I want to talk about the One Feeds Two partnership. So mm-hmm. I read a bit about this, but can you talk a bit more about like what it is and like how you're involved with it with Nomad Cooks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of going back to like just starting a business. I've I've always wanted that you like to get as many wins as possible. So like uh, for the chefs, they're winning, they're making money. We we don't charge a service fee, so they're making like hundred percent what they charge on the menu. Um, the customers winning because they have like a great night um and like we're winning because we can like survive uh, but also it's like is there a fourth win which we can introduce and like is that that charity aspect coming through um and i've always like it's actually um, mary's meals i've always thought of um basically just a uh these school meals which go out uh to mainly children in poverty and it's uh just like a really great scheme so mm. we paired up with one feeds two which basically is uh, donates to Mary's Meals after that and a few other charities too um, and uh, for each customer at the table for a Nomad dinner party or event we donate a school meal through One Feast Two um, Wow that's so yeah. cool and how long have you been partnering with that for? That was since the start Amazing uh, yeah. that's so good did you know about that beforehand and wanted to do something or did you kind of Yeah yeah so I reached out to Mary's Meals and then they were like actually you should speak to okay amazing that's so good that mm-hmm. is really really cool i didn't i didn't know about the mary's meals thing that is really yeah. cool that's yeah, actually a really great charity mm. and i want to also touch on trends so obviously with food there are so many different trends that like come and go and i wanted mm-hmm. to ask especially when it comes to plant-based do you notice any trends in terms of the demand that you're getting on menus like is mm-hmm. there a increase in demand for plant-based or not so much because it's more of an experience like what do you see from like your side yeah i mean we've got we've got um i think like five plant-based chefs on the on the platform which is quite like yeah 10 percent um and yeah they're they're really popular i mean you obviously have people who want to book just straight up plant-based dinner parties Mm. um which is which is great um and yeah it is i think it is becoming more and more of like an evolving trend um uh, yeah, I mean, we've got Yuri, Fran, Nancy. Um, I can't remember the other two, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the great chefs. Well. That's really good. That's really cool. So clearly, there must be the demand there in order mm. for the chefs to kind of be there. Yeah. And what about you? Like, where's your stand on like plant based? Like, are you plant based at all? Like, what? Where do you stand with it? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm. I am um, trying to like reduce consumption. Um, I've been 
experimenting of trying to cook with plant-based foods and the plant-based meals i think it's actually quite a quite a good kind of thought experiment as a chef to like mm. see like how you can create a meal without this kind of centerpiece of meat um and you actually have to kind of really like level up your cooking to in order to make it um in order to make it a good meal um which is yeah which is good i mean my my um plant-based experience is, is probably not as good as i want it to be uh uh but yeah that's cool. I guess it is, especially when you're a chef, like you're going to have really high standards on the meals that you create. So I guess it is a bit of a journey in terms of like mm. experimenting and finding out what kind of like works for you and what doesn't. Mm. And can you also talk a bit about like your chef background? So where did your love for cooking come from? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would be, I'd be, uh, my mum would be gutted if she didn't say her. Oh, really? <laughs> um, she, my mum's a great cook, and I've always, I'm the youngest of four boys. Oh, wow. So I've always been in the kitchen with her, like, helping her, like, serve the food, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of, like, following her by the by the oven. Um, and that's probably where it started. Okay, um, nice. Yeah, I've been, kind of found private chefing as a way to make extra money when I was at school and uni, um, and... And then found myself here. I'm doing less. I have got a profile on the platform, so you yeah. can book me if you want to. I was going to ask um. this. I was going to ask this. And so what is your speciality? Like what food? You mentioned obviously when you were in Portugal, you weren't cooking foods that like you would would cook. Mm. What foods do you like to cook? Yeah, I, I, I love, um, I love like, I love French cuisine. Okay. Um, but kind of like Northern French cuisine. So like, lots of butter like <laughs> that kind of thing um so that's that's my kind of my trend okay um, so is that like I, I don't even it sounds really bad i don't even know what northern french cuisine would be is that pasta or is that more like it's like kind steak, of like yeah like or like 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 thick like white sauces okay um, yeah like that that kind of thing yeah okay so if you were if you had you could cook anything okay you've been you've been hired on the app and you're you know you can literally do whatever you want yeah what would you cook um my my kind of go-to favorite is this uh orange crust orange and herb crusted salmon oh so it's kind of like orange zest and like uh, parsley and coriander in this herb crust and then a hollandaise sauce on top Mm. crushed new potatoes asparagus maybe on the side Um, that sounds very nice it's actually unbelievable that sounds really really good so what is next for Nomad Cooks? Obviously, four years, there's still loads to go. Like, this this could be huge. It could be, like, global at some point. You know, it could expand into, you know, what's next in your eyes? Yeah, I think the, the, the first thing you want to do is just kind of crack the London market. So mm-hmm. we want to be able to show that piece about it being accessible, like, show that it's actually something which you can do with your friends on, like, a Friday night, um like in a relaxed setting um uh we have have well, like want to basically get more chefs on board um so we're looking to hire chefs who have like just come out of cookery school um and uh or slash are working at kind of like going up the ranks in restaurants and want to mm-hmm. try out something new um so like, developing that chef community is going to be really big for us the next few years mm. um and then there's kind of the option of going into europe so like do we look at holiday destinations so if you are on holiday, let's say in uh, like 
wherever and you want a chef just for a night you can then book a nomad um to to go just for that that evening um, that's really good so that that's kind of in our sights as well and have you ever thought about um i know a lot of people kind of go away rent a villa and like bring if they've got a connection with a nomad chef which they've had before would it ever be possible to kind of bring the chef with them for the week? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Is that so something that, that could... Part of, part of the piece as well, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I can just see it going so... But I think one of those things is that you've obviously kind of got to change consumers' mindsets, and that is just one of those things that probably just takes yeah. a little bit of time, I guess. Yeah. Um, but no, that's really, really exciting. And do you think that you're kind of another part of the business is really creating that chef community that was never there before? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, from experience yourself is was there a lack of community beforehand that you think you could be changing yeah I mean that that's that's a big it's a big one for us as well so like the as a freelance chef it's actually pretty lonely because you don't have this kind of camaraderie in a restaurant you don't have like an office you go to see your friends you're actually just going and seeing these strangers each night and then like being really nice to the strangers but then like sometimes they're like not good customers Mm -hmm. so you have to kind of be like just someone to moan to is just so nice yeah. and actually you didn't really have that before but we've started to just uh, like yeah develop this community and uh we even just kind of try to go to the pub um mm. so we just organize a day for everyone to go to the pub together and like it's, it's just a, kind of a nice start yeah that's so nice and mm. remind me do you guys have an app yet or is it just websites at the moment it is just a website at the moment yeah, yeah. i feel like i said app earlier in the podcast and i was like oh no i don't think you have the app yet <laughs> but is that something that's kind of like in the pipeline for you guys or um yeah, it's it's in the pipeline. We're still. Um, I spent so much time this year thinking about how, like, as a team, we've been thinking about like how do we, how do we get people to book a chef as seamlessly as possible, like while keeping that bespoke nature through. Mm-hmm. And actually, just it's it's a really really hard problem. Uh, it's yeah. really hard to build into a website. Um, yeah. And we're still working it out. And there's been like a few different variations of the website. Um, when we've got that nailed down we'll then shoot like go to building that yeah you know. no i think that's probably key i mean i've already changed my website twice and i haven't even been going a year yeah, it's, i think it's, it's so hard yeah it is hard to it find find what works and could you share a story that you have from an experience you don't have to name anything or name names but could you share a story about a time where you've been hired as a chef and there's just like a funny moment or story uh yeah, I, I, there was one, there was one in Portugal where we, we turned up at this house, um, and it was a, it was like a barbecue lunch with some salads, and, uh, we, as three of us, we turned up and it was just like complete carnage when we opened the door. Oh no. It was like all these 40 year old women drinking champagne and like jumping in the pool <laughs> like, oh, they were hammered and we turned up and they like all were like rushed to us and they were like oh can we help can we help can we help and like it was actually just um it was just a complete nightmare trying to cook that with like it was like 20 40 year old women oh my god <laughs> like, did the around. food go down well the food went down well went okay down well that's good yeah. i mean it must be amazing because you are like immersing yourself into people's like private space so I guess it must be you must have all sorts of moments where you're like oh god you kind of kind of adapt yourself mm. adapt how you go about things and in, in a certain way mm. so another tradition is that I always ask guests what their last meal would be and it's a really difficult question and I'm really putting you on the spot but could you please share what your last meal would be um uh, 
my mum's lasagna. Good one. Someone else has actually said <laughs> their so mum's lasagna. Yeah. That's like a really good really. staple. So that'd be the main. That would be the main, yeah. Okay, and what about starter and dessert? Oh, God. Starter, hmm. I would quite like a... Mm, sorry, some sushi. It's a bit of a weird mix. Yeah, that's fine. It's your last meal. Like some sushi, yeah. Yeah, okay, nice. I want some details. So, like, what's your favorite, what's your go-to sushi? Yeah, just salmon, anything. Just salmon, salmon. Yeah, okay, nice. Um, and then pudding uh, in France, Il Flaton. Ooh. Unbelievable! What's that? Of, so it's like a, a meringue floating in custard. Oh, cool! And I've never just, heard of this. Yeah, it's cool. It's good. And can you make that yourself? Like, is that one of your? I've tried. It's tricky. It's, it's a tricky. hard one. It's a tricky one, but it's yeah, it's a good one. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, No My Cooks is so early days, and it's just amazing how far you've already come, considering like the challenges of like the pandemic and everything that you know, is challenging in business at all times, but it's been, yeah, it's really great how far you've come and I'm really excited to see where you guys go. I think this is a really exciting business model. So well done for starting it. I think it's really great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed Jojo's journey. I'm really excited to start planning a dinner where I'm going to use Nomad Cooks. I'm excited to try out the platform as there is something really special about being at home with all your friends and creating your own vibe, but having the food and washing up sorted. If this is something that appeals to you, go and check it out. Thanks again and see you next week.